Lord, to bless you. Lord, we thank you for your blessings on us, and we thank you, Lord, that you're among us by your Holy Spirit. As we've been hearing, Lord, giving your goodness, putting into us the character of Jesus Christ, of love and joy and peace, making us increasingly good through the Spirit of Jesus Christ, restoring in us the image of what it means to be a full and true human being like Jesus. So Father, we pray for all of our brothers and sisters throughout the world. We pray your blessing on uh, all of your family, the Christian family throughout the world. Lord, in every nation, we pray your blessing on them. Provide for them in every way. Pour out your Holy Spirit. Strengthen them. Give them your peace and your provision. And protect them and bless them. And Father, we pray for all human beings. We pray particularly, Lord, for the people of Beirut and of the Lebanon. Lord, we pray for peace in that nation. We pray for healing. We pray for the balm and strength in the midst of bereavement and sadness and heartbreak and sorrow. We pray, Lord, for stability. We pray for governmental wisdom. We pray, Lord, for provision and grace. We pray, Lord, for the healing of wounds of all different types. Lord, we pray for your restoration. We pray for your wisdom. And Lord, we pray for that country. We pray for every country, including our own. Father, we pray for peace and unity and joy, and we pray for health, and we pray for provision. We pray for medical researchers and professionals as they do their work. We pray you grant them success. We pray for governments that you would give them wisdom. We pray for ourselves as citizens of this earth, that you would give us grace and generosity and goodness to be a blessing to everyone around us. Lord, we pray for this town. We pray for your peace. We pray, Lord, that your kingdom would come and your will be done. We pray, Lord, that many would recognize that you are a good, good God and we pray, Lord, that we would radiate that in our lives by what we say, by who we are, and by what we do. And all this we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. And we join together in the prayer that Jesus Christ has taught us as the family of God, our Father in heaven. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. And forgive us our sins, as we forgive those who sin against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. Amen. We're going to listen to Mark as he sings again. And I think on this occasion, if we could stand together, uh, obviously we'll stand silently. Uh, so let's please stand. And... Um, we have a wonderful opportunity. I know it seems a strange time not to be able to sing and having to stay separate by two meters, but actually we have in all of these weeks and months in the midst of the challenges, we have unique opportunities. And one of the unique opportunities 
is bringing, going back to the place of understanding what is it that we do when we gather together and in our lives. We're here to meet with the living God. He doesn't need songs to be sung for us to worship him. Worship happens every moment of every day, by every word, by every deed, by every action, by every prayer. Worship happens in all sorts of ways. So we don't need to sing to worship the Lord. It's only a small part of our worship. It's about connecting with God in spirit and in truth. It's about meeting with the living God. So as we stand, feel free to put your hands in the air or close your eyes or look heavenward, whatever you choose to do. But in all of it, let's seek to meet with the Lord who transforms all things. Let's give glory to God.
Father, we give you praise and glory. You're a great God. We thank you for all your good gifts, all your blessing, and most of all for your Son, Jesus Christ, through whom you're making all things new. And in his name and his power and his presence we pray, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Please have a seat. So I didn't know that Mark was going to show some uh, movie villains and goodies. I uh, didn't uh, know what was in the front of his screen, but um, I, th- I was wondering, uh, obviously all these people I'm going to mention are movie stars, but I'm wondering if, uh, if you know what they might have in common. So here's, here's some names. Uh, Tom Cruise, Angelina Jolie, Chris Evans, that's the actor, not the DJ, uh, Will Smith, Arnold Schwarzenegger, Keanu Reeves, any idea? Uh, what those various movie stars have in common. They have all saved the world at least on one occasion. We should really have some sort of clap or standing ovation. Most of them have saved the world about a dozen times. And they've, they've saved the world from all sorts of different things. Uh, things like uh, large meteorites hurtling towards Earth. Uh, Pandemics is another one, uh, a bit close to home at the moment, uh, so don't watch movies like Outbreak or Contagion if you want to sleep at night. Uh, Ones like uh, The Day After Tomorrow, what was that about? That was about environmental disaster. Uh, Evil forces, evil supernatural villains. Um, Thermonuclear war. Um, What else do we have? Uh, Aliens, we mentioned aliens. There are all sorts of threats in these movies, and we have a fascination with them. I I sort of wonder if they aren't being watched quite so much at the moment, because actually, for most of us, if not for all of us, actually, the, the journey that we are taken through emotionally in those movies, we actually really do not perhaps want to access the moment, because actually, every morning when we get up, it actually seems very real. And so, I imagine that There are things like fear, dealing with change, uncertainty, unpredictability. There are all sorts of challenges, staying healthy, which are at the forefront of our mind at the moment. And so we may not want or need to watch a disaster movie to be taken on that journey where we're brought down and then the last moment in the nick of time, somebody steps in, whether it's Keeney Reeves or Bruce Willis or whoever it happens to be, and with two seconds on the clock, boom, they save the day. And we walk out with a deep sense of relief because we know that disaster has been averted. But for us at the moment, I imagine there's that sense that, well, actually, this feels actually very, very close to home. I think it's really important for us in this time when we're dealing with issues of fear and uncertainty and trying to just keep the basics basic and stay healthy. But what does the Bible have to say about all of this type of thing? Because the reality is, as we've seen in the news this week, that even though the main issue of what we're dealing with at the moment is COVID-19, there's still rioting, there's still human negligence, there are still chemical explosions, and they happened on Tuesday, they happened in 1986 at Chernobyl, in two, two years before that in Bhopal in India, 
there are natural catastrophes apparently happening even as we speak. There are species of animal whose lives are coming to an end. Animals and plants that have lived for many, many thousands of years and have disappeared and disappearing. There are all sorts of major challenges. And you and I know, although it's hard to think about, that our only issue is not just COVID-19. There are all sorts of challenges, but the Bible says we should not be afraid. The Bible says that God created everything. Over these last number of weeks, we've been thinking, you've probably heard that passage from Genesis 1 or Genesis 2 quite a lot in recent months. Because it's about going back to the very basics and understanding the fact that God created everything. And God created you and I. And God created all the animals and all the plants and all the planets and all the stars. God created absolutely everything. And the wonder of that is, as we heard in that extract of that Psalm 145 at the start of the service, the Lord is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and rich in love. He has compassion on all that he has made. The wonderful thing is that God has made everything and he still looks on his creation with compassion. So he looks at the earth in the midst of our fear of COVID-19 and he looks at us with compassion. He looks at us in the midst of the environmental issues and disasters which are unfolding even as we speak and he has compassion. The Lord loves his creation. As we heard, as Abby read today, there was all sorts of creative works of animals and plants and human beings. And after each one, the Lord saw them and said, that is good. And he created human beings. At the end of the sixth day, he said, that is very good. The Lord loves the creation that he's made. Our stewarding team have their Lovely blue t-shirts on today on the back, John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. It doesn't say God so loved human beings that he gave. It says God so loved the world. God loves not just you and I and every human being. He loves every animal. He loves every plant. He loves every solar system, every galaxy. He loves the universe. He loves the creation that he's made. He's looked at it all and said, you know what? That is very, very good. The amazing thing that Genesis tells us in those opening chapters is that what God has made is it's good, it's beautiful, and it's ordered. I think one of the areas of fear that we may may have in in a current situation is that we may think, well, has all order broken down? And the answer is no, it hasn't. We have seen as a human society, even in the last four or 500 years, far more difficult situations than we are in right now. There are 
have been far more deadly diseases on the face of the earth that have devastated human societies in the last 500 years. This one is nowhere near as dangerous. And modern medicine and human endeavors are far more ingenious than they used to be. And God wants us in the midst of this creation still to give thanks for everything that we see. And I think one of the greatest antidotes to fear is getting out in nature and giving thanks to God for the sun and the moon and there's some beautifully clear nights at the moment to see the stars and the flowers and the animals and other human beings and to realize the fact that God's creation is still good, it's still beautiful and it is still ordered because he is still in control and he is still in charge. Sir Christopher Wren, the architect, his remains are buried in, in the midst of his masterpiece, St. Paul's Cathedral. And on his tomb, there's a Latin inscription which says, if you, if you want to see his memorial, then look around you. In other words, rather than writing a lot of stuff about Sir Christopher Wren on his tombstone, it's inviting you as you stand in front of his tombstone to look around St. Paul's Cathedral. If you want to understand the greatness of the man, look at the magnificence of the building. And the same is true of God and his creation. If you want to understand the magnificence of God, then go out and stand in the midst of creation. because it, it speaks of the glory of God. That's what Paul speaks about in Romans chapter one. He says, every human being should be able to understand something of the majesty and greatness and glory of God just by going out and standing and looking around them in creation. Look at the mountains and the hills and the trees and the flowers, smelling the aromas, hearing the beautiful sounds. They all speak of the glory of God. The amazing thing about that passage we heard read this morning is that, that God has entrusted human beings with stewardship of his creation. Now creation still belongs to God, but he has given us authority under his rule to be able to rule over the birds of the air and the fish in the sea and the animals that move along the ground. It's an amazing amount of responsibility. Because the, the thing about the the truth that the Bible speaks about in, cre in, cre in those creation passages is that creation is good, but creation is unfinished. And we are placed here as God's agents to develop the raw material and goodness that God has given us. That's why in that in the midst of Genesis chapter two, it talks about gold and resin and rivers. And what the writer of Genesis is saying, what the Lord is saying to us is, is that look at the amount of the abundance of raw material there is in God's creation. And what the writer wants us to understand, what the Lord wants us to understand is that we are put here to do two things, to work the land and to take care of it. In other words, to develop the raw material, to be co-creators with God, and also to take care of the garden that he has given us. 
And so this beautiful passage in Genesis chapter 2, it shows God as the great gardener. Jesus describes him in that way in John chapter 15, that God is the tender of the vine. God is the gardener. And so it's beautiful to see a wildflower meadow. But what about a cultivated garden? It has textures and colors and boldness because the beauty of God's creation can only come to fulfillment with cultivation. It can only come by human beings co-creating with God as those who develop and also those who care. And that's what we've been given the task to do, to be those who, like God, have blessed human beings to be a blessing to creation. We are here to be a blessing to creation. Now, that is a wonderful privilege as stewards of God on earth, but it also is a massive challenge because that means we need to develop and we need to hold in balance two aspects, development of the world and its resources and also taking care of the world's resources. So we've mentioned a few things that we may say, well, that was an ecological disaster, Bhopal, Beirut, Chernobyl. It's just to mention a few of them deforestation, depletion of the ozone layer, soil erosion, the fact that we've rendered over 10% of the land on earth that now you can virtually grow nothing in it. We don't have a lot of soil on earth. We've already destroyed about 14% of it. There are major challenges for us. And the last number of 100 years particularly, we know that there have been situations that we have created that are, that are really threatening to the planet. And so I think in this journey of balancing conservation and balancing development, we need to look far more closely as followers of Jesus Christ of what it means to conserve the natural resources that he's given us. We need to care for the planet that God has given us. Now, you and I may wonder, well, what can I do in the huge scale of things? But how we pray, what we say, what we do, how we spend, all have massive impact. Look at our change in attitude towards plastic bags in the last 10 years. Look at our change in attitude towards seeking greener energy or using less energy or building better insulated homes. It's amazing how quickly change can happen. And we, as Christians, we understand ourselves as stewards of God, should be at the very forefront of what it means, yes, to develop, but also to conserve, and to be good gardeners and cultivators and carers of the beauty of the earth that God has given us. That doesn't mean that development is unimportant. I've realized in speaking to people even over these last number of weeks and months that I have been saying and many people have been saying it, well, sure, we'll set our watches because within a year, within 12 months, we're going to have a vaccine. Even though the medical researchers are saying, don't rely that we can produce a vaccine. But the reason why you and I are so confident 
is because of the leaps that we have made in recent decades in medical research and science. And so I imagine that most of us are setting our watches and thinking, well, this is just for 12 months. And I think we should pray, and I think we should have confidence. But why would we have confidence? Because God has given human beings a mind and ability to develop. And so in all of these things, we should look to God and trust God because God still is in control and has compassion on his creation. And the fact is that it is not Keeney Reeves, it is not Bruce Willis, I can't even remember the names of all the rest of them. I'm brought back to the good old 1980s, Mad Max 3, Beyond the Thundertome, Tina Turner singing, we do not need another hero. Because the Bible tells us that no matter what comes, because all of the things that come that are challenges to us, including COVID-19, are all lumped in one category, and that is in the category of the fact that although God made the earth beautiful and perfect as part of all of his creation, as human beings, problems have come in, and problems have come into creation through us because we have decided not to follow everything that God says to us. And so Genesis chapter 3 tells the story of how frustration, the Bible describes it as a curse, curse comes on the ground, it comes on the land, it comes on the world. Why? Because human beings who are put in charge have decided to go their own way. We know that technically speaking, the reason for COVID-19 is our interaction with the natural world as human beings. We know that's why this has come about. But that is true of so many other threats and the Bible understands them all because God is not taken by surprise in any of this. Because every threat that comes our way is a threat that God in his goodness can deal with through Jesus Christ. And the Bible tells us that in the end, all will be well. Because Jesus Christ came to live and to die, he is our hero. He is the rescuer. And he has come over 2,000 years ago, not just to save you and me. Jesus Christ died to save absolutely everything. The Bible tells us everything was created through him and for him and by him. And the Bible also tells us that he will come to bring to completion the whole work of redemption. It'll be a great summing up of this creation. And then there'll be judgment. And then there'll be a new heaven and a new earth. And you and I have a wonderful opportunity to join with God in all that he's doing. Because the amazing thing is that through Jesus Christ and through his forgiveness and by the power of the Holy Spirit, we can be those who are part of God's solution in the here and now. We can be part of the great work of development and the great work of conservation.
knowing that in all of that, we will deal with all the problems that appear in those movies and all the problems that we are facing today in the here and now. And not least the problem of fear and dealing with uncertainty and staying spiritually, mentally, and physically well. I just want to encourage us today that God has compassion on all of his creation. God has compassion on you and me. God wants us to thrive and to be healthy and at peace and well. He wants us to play our part in tending the earth and caring for it. And he also wants us to be part of pointing people towards the new heaven and the new earth. And so we're to go and to make citizens of heaven, to go to all the nations and to proclaim Jesus Christ as Lord, to go to everyone, every place. And you say, the solution to every problem is Jesus Christ. The solution to brokenness and sin and COVID-19 is Jesus Christ. To environmental disaster, to disunity, to social unrest, to political problems, the solution is Jesus Christ. And you and I can be filled with his righteousness and his Holy Spirit and to be used in the here and now to do all that God has called us to do. to develop the good resources God has given us, to tend for this beautiful planet he's given us, and to prepare people for the world to come. A new heaven and a new earth. There will be no sickness and no death and no violence and no COVID-19 and no tears and no sin. And you and I will be able to stand in our new resurrection bodies, like the resurrection body of Jesus Christ, and we'll be able to sing at the top of our voices because there'll be no fear and there'll be no social distancing. There'll be no sickness. There'll be no death. Let's stand together. We're going to declare a faith and we're going to do it in the words of a creed which starts with this wonderful declaration that we believe in God the Father Almighty, who is the creator of heaven and earth. So we say together, I believe in God. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven. He is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you for Jesus Christ, and we thank you that he has come among us, been born among us, and taken on flesh, has died to make us right with you, and Lord, has risen and been given a resurrection body, the first part of a new heaven and a new earth. And today we give thanks that the resurrected Jesus Christ is the first sign that all will be well that everything is being restored. 
that perfection is on its way. And we can be part of that through forgiveness, through life in Jesus' name. And looking forward to the world to come and offering ourselves in the here and now as human beings made in the image of God, caring for this beautiful place in which we live and working for the blessing of every other person, every other plant and animal and place, all to the glory of your name. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. As we continue to stand, we worship the Lord in the silence as Mark sings. <laughs>